All right, welcome to another episode of the Cardboard Swords, the Cardboard Swords cast. Today, my, this is Ludwin, and I'm joined with my co-host Vincent. Hello, Morning, Vincent. Hello, I am Vincent. That is me. That is I. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but there you go. <laughs> hey, I don't even know what time of day to say it is because for me, it's like I I go to sleep around this time, so I'm for me it's night, but it's daytime anyway. Yeah, it's like my dad, you know, he's worked third shift for so long. I don't even think he, he doesn't even currently work third shift, but he's worked it for so long that he'll just tell you good morning no matter what time it is. I know, I'm I'm at that point too, where if I go out <laughs> somewhere, I just say good morning because the sun is up. Yep, good morning. <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right, hopefully everybody's having a good day because our episode today will be more about single player games and if we can, some some games just made for two players or two player var variants. Yeah, because we know some of you guys out there don't have any friends, or maybe you just have one friend. <laughs> so it's important to discuss this topic. You know, it's uh, it's it's definitely an interesting one because there are certain people that definitely love single player games, and then there's people that you know need to find good two player games because. A lot of different tabletop games can span across different player counts, and it can very much make a difference based on how many players you have. Especially when you plan on playing one game meant for multiple people, and then you only have one other person show up. You know, you can't. Some games are not very fun just with one, one extra person. Or some games are like, I'm by myself. What do I do? Oh yeah. So, how about you start us off and tell us uh, a little bit about your opinion on single-player games and you know any other type knowledge you have when it comes to those. Okay, so a lot of the games I own have a single-player variant or can be played by themselves. You know, you can play in some way, shape, or form by yourself. I'm not a big fan of single-player games because I like the social aspect of a group of friends you know, goofing off, making fun about cards, you know, dumb little things happening. But the, I also understand why players enjoy single-player variants, because it can make a game much more difficult. And some people love that difficulty. Some people have that mindset of me versus the game, and I want to win. Yeah, so as far as my yeah. collection goes, I can't say I have many single-player games. I was looking around uh, whenever we decided this is our topic this week, and I was like, you know what? I can't play like any of these things single-player. <laughs> and uh, I think part of that just deals with the fact that, you know, uh, I have a wife who likes playing tabletop games, so, you know, a lot of times I could play a game with her or, you know, have friends or there's, like, game stores that I'm good friends with that I can go to and play games over there with people. So, or, you know, I do conventions a lot. So it's just, you know, everyone's board games will kind of fit their needs and their their wants. And it's just kind of like not a spectrum that I'm normally in. But with that being said, like, I have played, I know Keyforge, you know, like a year or two ago, I can't remember when, they announced like a print and play single player version. So I gave that a try and that was pretty fun. And you could play that with an additional uh, player or two and it's against the game itself, which is fun. Uh, for me, that one actually was less fun with more people because it made it take way longer. Uh, for a single player, like uh, like just me versus the game, it was like a 40, 45 minute experience. When we added two other players, it became like a three hour experience, which was way more than I was wanting to jump into when it came to Keyforge. 
Oh, no, I understand, especially when some games you just want to, like, you're okay with playing it up for two hours, but when it passes that two-hour mark to maybe three or four hours, you're like, please kill me, please end this, I want to do something. <laughs> especially when things are going horribly for one player. <laughs> yeah, it has to be a very special game for you to, or at least for me, to want to commit, like, past the two-hour mark, especially. Yeah, uh, in that case, I've... Have you ever made any games? Because I know you've developed a couple of board games and stuff. Have you ever developed anything for one person or at least playable by one person? Yeah, so as far as what we have published currently, uh, I don't think any of them are single player. Um, now, the the card game Heartseeker, which I brought up on, the, on last week's episode... Uh, we are looking for a solo mode for that. It's currently it's currently got a, a, a solo mode to it, so you can play it uh, just by yourself. Uh, but I definitely want to make sure it's fun and that it's engaging and that it's something people will want to do um, and not just something that's tacked on. So I still am going through playtesting with that, making sure it's fun, stuff like that. Um, so we'll see if it makes it into the final cut, but hopefully it does because I definitely want to include that as an option if it suits the game. Yeah, because what I'm noticing, main, mainly with the games I own, uh, I know it's not every game, but a lot of the games I own, the solo mode is either an expansion or comes added on with an expansion. For example, you end up buying an expansion, and then it adds a little rule book stating, you can play this game solo just by doing this. Yeah. I, think Pan I know Pandemic has a solo mode. Yeah, so, so far with Heartseeker, instead of being like, hey, add these cards to play solo mode, it's currently like, hey, remove some of these cards that wouldn't work for solo mode. Just remove those cards and then change a couple of these rules, and then you can play solo. Yeah, I know that also in uh, some other games, they even have where if rules say another player, it might change to affect yourself or something like that. Yeah, even I mean... Even hand sizes can change. Yeah, one thing that's weird to me about solo games is a lot of times there's a lot of rules, or at least a decent amount of rules you need to learn. And then, like, there's a lot of, like, moving your hands because you're having to control, like, every single deck that gets shuffled. You have to, like, watch whatever your cards in play are, their effects, the characters in play, whatever it may be. There's kind of, like, a lot going on constantly, and it's hard for me to give myself a break if it's just me, like, running it all myself. Whereas if I played with other players, if it's their turn, I can sort of relax a bit, think about what I'm going to do on my next turn, just sort of, uh, you know, take a <laughs> take a breath of fresh air or something. Um, but, yeah, like, my experience with some of the solo games I played, it just, it's, it's hard for me to sort of get into that groove, which is kind of weird for me because I feel like this is maybe a slightly controversial take, which is, like, I, like, my wife has seen me multiple times play, like, a card game against myself. Like, I, I can get, like, two Yu-Gi-Oh decks together or, like, two Pokemon decks together and just, like, play against each other. And I find that to be really fun. So, like, I'm not completely devoid of enjoying, like, a solo tabletop experience. I just happen to sort of go about it in a different way. I feel like it works differently for card games versus board games when it comes to solo play, especially since a deck in a card game is individual where if you learn how to play that deck you don't care about what your opponent's doing you're more focused on what your deck does and then same so if you're playing two decks you know how to play each one of them compared to a board game where you have to follow the rules if you don't have all the rules memorized 
and then make sure everything's working as it should. And there might be obscure rules. There might be situational rules and all that stuff. And that can cause headaches, confusion, and problems. Yeah, so I guess an interesting question for this would be, like, would you ever recommend or think it could be a possible solution for someone who doesn't have many people to play with and they want to have a solo experience? Would it be something that maybe they should look into, like buying some starter decks for Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon or a trading card game and just having that be a solo experience? And then when they have friends to play with, they can give them the other like starter deck or whatever and they can play against someone that way. But it, it could be a way to have that solo experience too. Yeah, I un- I understand. I just don't know if I would recommend it or not because it's it 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 depends on the person. Not everybody is willing or able to. Well, everybody's able. It's just do they want to and would they enjoy it? Because like I said, I enjoy that social aspect with friends. You know, the goofing off, the uh, making fun of cards, actions being happening, and you know, making jokes about what's going on with that. Yeah, but you already are forfeiting that experience by playing a solo game so you're not having any of that stuff that you like even if you played a different type of solo board game yeah yeah that's why i don't play too much solo most of the time when i do play solo in my situation it's testing out a game because for example i'm doing a campaign mode with one of the games i own and i'm testing out certain uh game changes like i might be making for this campaign for this week we're playing the game in this variation and I need to make sure it works, that it's not unfair and that players can at least enjoy it. So I go through it to see if it's okay, you know? Yeah. So we're, we're sort of like flying in blind, you know, maybe some of our listeners can tell us like their experience of playing solo games and what they think about it. Um, I don't know. It's definitely interesting. Like I'm definitely looking for a really like easy to play, but like strategic and like interesting solo experience game. So one game that I have played with my friends that I've recently found out has a solo mode to surprise me is Scythe. So Scythe is a table, is a game where you're playing basically in like 1920s Europe where you're playing as a nation. But it is a, uh, it is basic, you collect materials and you use these materials to build up your, 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 uh, your empire. So with multiple players, your goal is to get a certain number of victory points. When you go to solo mode, apparently you have a set of cards called the automata or something like that, which is the basically the computer of the game that you're playing against. And I think your goal is to get a certain number of points before they do to win. I'm not exactly sure, but the expansion content also helps make this game a bit more difficult. But this is also apparently a two to four hour experience. So, <laughs> hey, yeah. I mean, if you're alone for an evening and you got nothing to do, then sounds fun. I mean, Scythe is a very popular game. It's one of the highest rated games, like board games of all time, as far as I know. Really? I didn't know, but I, I know I enjoyed it. It was actually really fun. Yeah, I haven't played it yet. I tend to, uh, another controversial take, I tend to avoid a lot of the more, like, Euro-style games. It's normally not my thing as much. Like, it doesn't mean I can't enjoy it, but it's definitely not, like, what I go to. Okay, I understand. It's, like, it doesn't, looking at it, it doesn't always appeal to you, but you never know trying it out either. 
Yeah, so like when I heard that Scythe was a popular board game, I was like, I was thinking like the Grim Reaper or something. I was like, sick. <laughs> Let me check this out. I was like, oh man, they're like reaping wheat and stuff. <laughs> it brings me back to the like Catan memories or something. Oh uh, yeah, because it, it's a it's a very it's a, a resource management game, and apparently a couple of my friends really love that. But and it's one of the few competitive games that I know that we all will play and enjoy, not because we're you know messing with one another but it's just they love that management system like they love being having to manage it grow their empire and being like look at my empire look how big i've gotten <laughs> yeah i mean i can definitely see the fun in that and i do have some fun with like resource management and stuff i'm just you know they, they call it a meritrash which is like you know like the the super themed games you know and that's kind of like what i'm into uh so <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely interested in playing sometime, though. It's such a big game, and, like, for me, not having played it, it's kind of a, a weak spot of mine. Yeah, I understand. And especially also, it's not a quick investment either, because when I last played, it did take us about four hours. And it also depends on the players, how quick are they to act. Yeah, and it's pretty often when you have normally, like, one person at the table that's just extremely slow for whatever reason. <laughs> Yeah, we're not trying to insult that you're all those players who do slow play. We're not trying to insult you. We're just saying that it happens. You end up having a person who takes a little bit longer figuring out what they want to do, what the you know reading certain things, or even the new player who's never played. They're they're gonna end up slow playing because they're still figuring things out. Yeah, that's all perfectly fine. The only time that it's that it actually gets to my nerves is if someone is like definitely not paying any attention when you explain the rules they're trying to interrupt people uh be very loud talk to everyone else and then when it's their turn they take a long time because of all the stuff that they were doing previously which is not paying attention and all this other stuff so that's the only time it kind of bothers me <laughs> I, I, yeah that could be its own episode where we talk about uh things that annoy us at the table <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll pencil that one in um but yeah, so solo experience, I feel like we've kind of uh, talked everything that we can sort of give to that. I mean, you might have found other solo experiences that you want to talk about, but you know, I've kind of I mean, set my piece game, on it. Yeah, the game I'm referring to is the Power Rangers Heroes of the Grid. I've been playing it solo, but I've been playing it at, with the three-player game mode, but doing it by myself. And literally, like, a couple of weeks before we planned this episode they've released an official solo mode which is almost the same thing just like a variant you know a couple changes here and there uh i've also found a couple games well terraforming mars have you heard of that one i have but real quick you said that you're playing the three-player mode so for those listening you know i'm assuming that you mean like you're playing the game as if there are three players and you're controlling like three different like hands or like three different players like yes. that they would be controlling. Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right, That's cool. how I normally do my testing. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. No, but yeah, there's also Terraforming Mars that has a solo mode, which also very which is just basically variants on the rules. You basically uh but I don't I, to me looking at all these games with solo modes, I'm like can they really be that fun alone? Because even Gloomhaven, another big popular game, which is a dungeon crawling game, is a uh, has a solo mode. 
It apparently gets more difficult when you add more people. Okay, well that's that's good. It's always I, I think it's good to increase the difficulty with the number of players. No, I agree. When you yeah, you don't want to make something too easy by having all right, we'll just have four people and we'll bash this. You know, you want the you do want the difficulty to scale, but it just surprises me that apparently it can be unfair in Gloomhaven from what I've been reading. Interesting. Yeah, like I am very much interested. Like, there's a board game that I've been working on that I'm trying to make it so much of a story-based experience that, uh, and, and currently it's in the works to have a solo player mode that's one to four players. Um, but I, I want I want the story to be so much of an investment that, like, that's kind of like the most, like, renowned thing about that game. Um, so it was. It, it makes me think of that um, with the Gloomhaven. Okay, yeah, I feel you, because Gloomhaven has different uh, board layouts and stuff like that, and I know that I think it actually comes with every board layout has a story explaining, like, why you're there and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I can feel you there. Yeah, I, I definitely think mine would be more of a streamlined version, though, where it's going to be, like, less, <laughs> less uh, a little bit less intimidating for people that might see what Gloomhaven is. Like, for those listening, if you haven't seen Gloomhaven... Is in such a giant box. I think it retails for like a hundred and sixty, uh, which is one of the most expensive board games to just get at like retail price. Like I'm sure there's games like out of print that that go for that much or more, but like just for a retail price, I think it's one sixty. Okay, yeah, I remember looking into it because it's a it's a co-op game, and I was actually looking into getting it for my group, but. It's just so expensive, and then if you don't, if your group doesn't like it, you're stuck with a game that you may not enjoy. And it's it's massive. I mean, it's going to take up a lot of space, and you you, just, you have this giant game that would take hours to play that no one wants to play. So, it's definitely an investment. I, I'm definitely interested in playing it myself. I think they have a like uh, like a like a tabletop simulator esque type experience where you can play online with friends. So, yeah, yeah, that may be worth looking into. I know that I believe Scythe is on Tabletop Simulator, so that'd be a nice place to enjoy it some more. Oh yeah. yeah. So let's talk about two-player games. Did you find anything interesting about those? I did. Uh, I did find a couple, but a lot of them are just variations. And then a lot. I'm noticing a lot of European games being mostly two-player games and American games, hmm. which is kind of weird from what I'm seeing here. Like how about like I found a apparently Star Wars Rebellion is a board game that you play as either the Galactic Empire Rebel Alliance and it's a two it's a two to four player game but they recommend two players. Okay, well again you know probably unpopular opinion but I I do like the idea of getting like two structure decks for Yu-Gi-Oh or Pokemon and playing that way like it could be too that. You know, if you're playing two players, it might be with a significant other, and there's a good chance that significant other likes Pokemon, so it could be an easy sell for them. It's very, like, Pokemon's so easy to learn, and just to get two starter decks and to play head-to-head -head the way it's meant to be played anyways, like, I think I think that's my number one go-to for that. But if you didn't want to do that, if you want to talk about board games, not trading card games, uh, I think, fun, funny enough, I think Cryptozoic's, like, deck-building games, which I know Ludwin's a fan of, uh, yes. I, I think those can oddly still be a lot of fun even with two players, more so than a lot of other tabletop games. I prefer that when I only have one other person to play DC Deck Builder with, 
uh, there's an expansion called Crisis Mode. I recommend getting it, and it turns the game into a co-op game. That's how my friends enjoy it, especially when there's just two of us, because it makes that experience of us versus the game, which is, you know, the thing I was saying about single-player games that I don't enjoy, but I enjoy having someone else to compete with towards that goal, like, to work with. Yeah, I think when it comes to, like, our Venn diagram of, like, our expertise and games we played and stuff, I feel like Cryptozoic's deck-building games are, are, like, right in the center of that. So that's one of our, you know, probably most recommended tabletop experiences. Like, they have, like, it's good for two players. It's good for, you know, probably up to, like, six players, I think, for, like, a lot of the base games. Um, very easy to learn, easy to play, uh, fun. It's not too uh, super repetitive. They have versions that are DC, Naruto, Cartoon Network, like tons of different themes. Uh, Lord different, of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. I mean, so no matter what you're into, you can find a version that you that you would like and enjoy. So uh, those are good for all those reasons. Um, probably not the best single player experience, but for the other, uh, do offer yeah. it. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, maybe maybe they have a good single player experience. I don't know. Maybe check. I mean, they they do good at the other stuff, so it's definitely worth looking into. I can't comment too much on the single player because I know it's just a variation on crisis mode from what I've seen. But uh, I also know that uh, also DC Deck Builder, all of their games are basically splashable together. So you can combine any sets you own. That's true, but you'll probably realize that you don't want to because it looks weird to have Naruto with your Batman and stuff. Oh, I agree. And did you know <laughs> Crippa's... Cryptozoic is also releasing two-player variants of their games. Oh, I did not know that. They have, I think that one is uh, Batman versus Joker, which is a, which is DC deck builder, but made to play as a versus game. And I think they also have Green Lantern and Green Lantern and Sinestro. I forget. They yeah. have they're yeah, they're sense. releasing couple. They have a couple of sets that go that pair with one another, basically. Where you buy one one game and it has a set for just two players. Okay. And they they say it can be included into DC Deck Builders other games, but if you read reviews on it, they complain that uh, the cards don't work very well in a more than two player setup. And that is something you have to be careful with because, like, okay, so for one, you you can definitely swap. Like, even though, like, I feel like most people would not want to put Naruto in with their Batman, uh, you you could definitely put Batman in, like, with your Justice League set. And so there is a lot of sets that make a lot of sense to, to merge together. But you can run into the issue where, like, uh, with the Cartoon Network one, uh, there's one set that involves having the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, and they, their effects deal off of destroying your own cards. But the base set doesn't have any effects really that do that. And so if you put the Billy and Mandy cards with that set, you weaken whoever plays Billy and Mandy. Like you're you're just not going to get as much of that mechanic to be able to use to to have your powers, you know, for the game. No, I understand. Yeah, it because every all DC deck builders uh they they follow the same card structure, but they might name their cards differently. So for example, in in DC deck builder DC variant uh the um the the like the powers and all that stuff they're called superpowers on the card they're orange cards but in another game they might be called abilities or something else 
Yeah, and my little my little um, what's it called? I, I cannot believe I'm blanking on this term, but it's when there's like a certain like rules tweak that you do, like a homebrew. House rule, homebrew. Uh, so my yeah. yeah, my little homebrew that I have in this situation though is if we do combine the sets, is everyone gets two character cards, and so you get double the abilities. And the reason why that works out so well is because since you sort of dilute the pool of mechanics and there's less you can do with certain characters, it kind of like doesn't feel as bad because you can have another character that kind of pulls up some weaknesses of the other one. In my in my uh, home my my own homebrew of that, when we do combine sets that don't fully match, we do that if there's a card if other we we equalize what something might be. So basically, if another set has an orange card that's supposed to work similar to superpowers, we just say they're considered superpowers for the for the uh, bases of abilities. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That no, that definitely works. Um, any other two player experiences that you can think of that you really enjoy when it comes to tabletop? I the most out of my games, they have two player variants. But I'm not a fan of them because they're, they're not made to be two-player. But, for example, I'm pretty sure Scythe would work. And if we're talking tabletop, somebody's going to mention chess at some point. <laughs> no, chess. Check. Yeah, I thought of that there. earlier. I was like, mm, chess. You shouldn't make a chess joke. <laughs> knight to d5. Oh, man. But, check yeah, it, it brings up a good question that a lot of games have two-player modes or even single-player modes but, like, you're not finding them to be that interesting or that fun. And, you know, it, it as a game designer myself, it makes, you know, that's exactly what I want to avoid is, like, I don't want to, you know, because you asked me, well, I have a single-player mode in Heartseeker, and I said, you know, I definitely want to, but I don't want to just tack it on. But I'm also curious, too, there's, like, a weird line between, like, is it that those two-player modes in those games that you have, is it that they're actually not that fun because it doesn't feel like they belong and they feel tacked on? Or is it that it's just not really made for us and that someone that actually enjoys single-player or two-player game modes, like, they would actively really enjoy it. And so it's just more of, like, not up our alley. So that's something I'm going to struggle with a bit uh, moving forward with any games I make. It's like, oh, is this just not for me personally or is this just not actually that good? I think it's more the type of people you and I are. Because in my case, I'm thinking of the Power Rangers game I enjoy, Heroes of the Grid. And that game is more balanced than having more people to play the game. You kind of want four or five people to enjoy that game. So when you have only two people playing, you and one other person, it, it the game mode is completely changed from the basic gameplay. And it doesn't ruin the game, but it just doesn't feel the same. And for me, I just don't like that. Yeah. I know, yeah. And I know that uh, in the single-player mode... It is basically me playing three characters with three different hands, just with different variations on that rule. Is that the rules that it came with, or is that just you playing three people? Me just playing three people, but the solo mode they just announced. I need to actually look up the actual rules to confirm, but I know that, for example, another game by that same company called Bargain Quest, where you... you... So Bargain Quest is a four-play, a two-to-six-player game. But apparently, they also released an uh, add-on just for solo mode. So there is a place for it. Like, there are people looking for solo modes. So we can't say it's not popular. 
I mean, if anything, I know it's popular because I mean, I'm in a bunch of board game groups and it seems like a ton of people talk about it. I just feel sort of like outside of that where I'm like, huh, I, I like I don't personally relate to this a ton, but it definitely feels and seems popular. And then there and then I have a list pulled up of a bunch of single player board games right now. And there's a lot here that I haven't heard of before or seen. But, like, for example, I have heard of the Arkham Horror card game, but I didn't realize you could play that by yourself. Yeah, that's a that's a popular one. I know a lot of people like playing that, like, with a friend. It seems like that would be a good one to play with, like, at least, a, a you know, one buddy. But, you know, if you need to play it by yourself, I'm sure it's also decently fun. In my, you know, like we've been like we've been consistently saying, I feel like card games are better when you have one other person. In my opinion, yeah. Which I mean, going back to our episode one, you know, go to your <laughs> local game stores. You know, uh, there's a lot of people there that feel the same way you do. There's a lot of people there looking for people to play games with. A lot of people that go to a game store are actually pretty open to trying new games because they just want to play games with people. So you know i mean with the exception of probably some of your card game crowd you know a lot of those people might be there just for that card game and like nothing else but when it comes to like people there for board games i'm sure like no matter what your board game interests are you can get them on board playing some games with you oh hell yeah I, that's how i ended up finding my own group of friends with those board games i just went to a store hang out there you know, jumped into random groups until I find a group of people who are like, hey, you guys want to do this with me every other few weeks? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. Well, there you go. Um, I think that wraps up this episode. If you have any cool solo gaming experiences or games you'd like to recommend, or two-player games as well, uh, be sure to let us know, because obviously Ludwin and I could uh, stand to be educated a bit more on this subject and, uh, you know, have some new, fresh perspectives of games in, in this uh in this space yeah i feel like i need to sit down and try and go over some single player games and see uh if i can enjoy it on my own some more like give it more of a shot going into it instead of just going no nah, i'd rather play with friends that makes sense so everyone listening be sure to follow be sure to subscribe all that good stuff we appreciate you thank you for listening have a nice day we'll see you next time have a good day